Welcome to another episode of Code for Thought. I'm your host, Jacqueline Laird, the Communications Officer at the Software Sustainability Institute. Today I'm joined by Shoaib Sufi and Rachel Ainsworth, who are from our community team, and they organise, among many things, our collaborations workshop and have put together an event organisation guide. Hello. Hi. So you've both worked on our event organisation guide. Can you tell us a bit about what the guide is and how it came about? So the event, we've been running events at the Software Sustainability Institute since since the very beginning, since the organisation which preceded uh, the Software Sustainability Institute. Um, and so uh, we wanted a, a way of capturing that learning around timelines, around things that we needed to check. Um, so back in 2018, it was the idea of the director um, to for us to write down um, and collect the information that we were using while organizing events so that we could reuse that um, and make event planning more efficient for the different types of events that we run. So that started the ball rolling with the uh, SSI's event organization guide. Um, so the guide started originally as a Google Doc where we were collecting information um, about what we did. Um, and there were links out to some of the templates that we we produced, for example, what, you know, a template timeline um, of what to do when, when organizing an event, uh, a template for different roles at the event, and a budget template, how to assess a venue. And then fast forwarding, we moved from, from that platform to using um, restructured text and Sphinx. We had a slight detour into GitHub pages, but um, we needed a system which would mean that we didn't have to keep uh, looking after templates as read the docs as a system and uh, Sphinx as a system. They, they look after things like that. They're built for documentation to allow us to focus on content. So it was a bit of an on-off activity, given that there was a lot of other work on, but we were able to put this, uh, we're able to put this together, put a review process together and um, using GitHub Flow. Um, and it was uh, very much a team effort between the community team and the comms team and even the training team uh, to, to, bring the, to bring the guide out. So it's really, it really takes a project management based approach and a stage gate based approach. And we also, it also moved into the area of an in-practice section. So people were able to submit. Um, we documented how we'd used the guide on, on various events, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, I think. And how would you say that SSI has evolved in terms of its event organization, learning from previous events, listening to feedback? One thing that has, has happened is that we've been able to incorporate learnings from different types of events, not just collaborations workshop, but also Carpentry Connect and also some of our events around um, training. Um, so we've, we've tried to, to collate the information that's in, that's in those. Um, we've even looked at a larger event such as RSECon, which SSI was involved in. That's not reflected in the, in the guide at the moment. But we're, we're very reflective as an organization and we try to take best practice um, and bring that in. I think one of the great things about um, having this written down 
is that you have you don't have to redo the thinking. Um, we, we're not doing this all of the time. Uh, we are doing this intensely and then moving on to other tasks, for example, the fellowship or policy work or open science work. And so when you pick it up again, you because you're not doing it all the time, you'll forget. And so it, it gives you that peace of mind that you're not, that you, you, you can relearn those things quickly and get yourself up to speed. You know, each year we will um, reflect on what we what we've done uh, and, and see if there's any major changes. For example, the stage gate. We're using a different mechanism now for the stage gates. Um, what I mean by stage gates is the, the three stages in the event organization guide, the idea stage, the feasibility stage, and then the event project stage. So the idea stage is just really about the idea, the feasibility is like now we're serious about this event and we need to make some financial commitments. And then obviously the event stage, you're, you're, you're planning the event. So there's some changes needed between those different stages that we found in, in practice, which will hopefully be reflected in future versions of, of the guide. Yeah, just to build off of what Shweb said um, about, you know, it really allows us to, you know, work really intensely on, you know, an event for a while and then move on to something else and then come back and, and pick it back up again the next year. Because a lot of our events are recurring um, and and we we kind of build off of them each, each year. Um, but because they are so repetitive, it allows us to kind of automate a lot of those processes and then provides a lot of room for, you know, innovation and that's space for improvement as well and incorporating that feedback from the previous year without kind of starting all over from scratch. We can just, you know, take the templates that we already have, enhance them, um, build off of them, and then, yeah, hopefully deliver a much improved event. And was the guide inspired by any other resources that you've seen or used? What became clear to me is that events are our projects. So if you're doing uh, an event, you're doing a project and that makes you a project manager even though in the guide itself we don't use the term project manager, we use the term more specialised term event lead, but essentially you're the project manager. So um, I have an interest and in training in project management, in uh, first in Prince2 and then in the Project Management Institute's um, project management professional. Um, so uh, it was really kind of feeding back some of the comments from some of the, the ways of thinking from that you know, especially in terms of the stages and, um, you know, closing closing things down neatly, and, you know, getting the mandate. Uh, so all of those things, so things were clear. And also, I think one of the things that we were doing implicitly, which really reflected that was all the stakeholder management. The fact that there's a lot of people involved from the people who okay the finances to, the, to people's availability um, to the venues requirements to the to to, to people on the steering group um, who are going to promote this uh, who want to put their name against it will have their name against it and promote this to their communities um, to make help make this a successful and attended event for example so yeah I'd say some of the project management guides were certainly um, an inspiration Additionally, some of the templates, in particular, some of the ones uh, that we've done for the in-practice chapters of the guides for um, collaborations workshop 
Meetups uh, 2020 and 2021. Um, when we first moved online, we were we were inspired by online events that we had attended in the past, such as you know the Mozilla Open Leaders cohort calls. They had a really brilliant infrastructure um, for you know um, for facilitating online calls, and so that largely inspired a lot of the the infrastructure that we set up for the kind of online versions of the event. Who is the event organization guide useful for? And would you have advice you'd like to give to people who are at different levels of event planning? So there might be some people who are brand new to planning events and there might be people coming in with lots of experience. How can they make the most of the guide? It's useful for anyone who's organizing events, whether in person or uh, online. If you have different experience levels, it, the, the guide is useful for you. There's two aspects to this. One is, how was the event? And the other one is, how did you organize the event? So how was the event is often covered often covered in, in blog posts or, or reports. This is what happened at the event. This was people's experience of the event. But how you organized the event was a separate matter. So the in-practice section for um, uh, the guide covers how people organize the event. So this is a great place to have a look at what was actually done at various stages. So, I mean, the guide to see what people have done, what we did concretely, okay, rather than just talking in terms of conceptual matters. But it is an easy read. And if you have a look, um, there's some excellent infographics done by our comms team too. And uh, they give you a brief overview of, of, of how the how the guide sits together. And if you... Uh, have a read through and, um, and and see what's useful. I mean, if you're organizing just a, if you're organizing an event, which is just a small event and you're in charge of the budget, you're in charge of everything, you can go straight to the event project stage. If you're organizing a larger event, then you might want to look at the ideas, uh, the feasibility stage. If you're organizing an event, which is totally new, just your idea, but you need sign off from people, then look at the, the whole thing, the idea stage um, um, going forward. Also, it might be that you're you're not hold, holding this massive event, but you can look through the different types of templates that are there and to see which ones are relevant for you. Um, there might be things around a venue which might be relevant for you or roles that might be relevant for you or um, for online events and even in-person events, the kind of daily documents, the, 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 the agenda-driven documents that people can collaboratively work on have been uh, used extensively um, these were inspired by uh, other programs and then refined by uh, Rachel. Uh, but they are really—they um, have an art to them, and uh, they, they've been—they've been very useful. Just to build off of what Schwabe said, um, especially if you are just starting, you know, to organize a new event or you are looking into starting events, um, I think the um, the early stages under, you know, idea exploration and feasibility, um, in particularly setting the goals and objectives of the event is really important and really the first place you should be starting because it will essentially drive um, the rest of how you plan your event. So, you know, once you've identified your goals and objectives for you know, why you want to do this event and what you hope to achieve by running the event, then everything else will be informed by that and you won't just be running an event for the sake of running an event. So the communications team have used the event organization guide to help plan our research software camps, which are two-week online events and each one focuses on a different aspect of research software. They are much smaller scale events than collaborations workshops. And so when we've used the guide to help with planning, 
we can just pick and choose the sections which are more relevant to us because it's so comprehensive that we don't really need actually all of the, the sections. And that's the really good thing. It's very easy to navigate. You can just find the sections that you need to use. Our communications manager, Selena Aragon, wrote a blog post about how we used the guide to deliver our very first camp, which took place in March last year, and looked at research accessibility. I'll share the link to that blog post in the podcast description if you want to see how we applied the guide to that event. And I'll take this moment to plug our upcoming event, which is our next research software camp taking place from the 7th to the 18th of November. And that will explore the topic of mental health in research software. So we'll be sharing lots of resources on our website and social media. We'll also be running two live sessions, one of which is a panel discussion on managing stress in research software. And we're also running a workshop on befriending your inner critic. Both of these sessions are free, online, open to anyone interested in mental health and research software, and registration is open. Again, I'll share the links to that in the description of this podcast. Could you tell us a bit about how you have used the event organisation guide to help plan collaborations workshops? So we have written extensive in-practice chapters on how we use the event organization guide, in particular in how we ran Collaborations Workshop 2020, which we ran online for the first time, and then how we ran it again in 2021 and where we improved on it. So the event organization guide was extremely useful for me as the community manager um, and the event lead for this um, event because it was effectively a handover document. It had documented, you know, all of the experience that had been done in organizing collaborations workshop in previous years. There were lots of templates for me to use. Um, So it was a really easy way to kind of just get stuck into organizing the event. Um, So in the in-practice guides, um, in particular for CW20, um, we had to pivot that event to run from an in-person event to an online event rather quickly um, at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so we used this in-practice guide as an opportunity to say, you know, how we made that change, what what changes we made and why we made them and, and whether or not um, it worked and, and what the lessons learned were. For 2021 Collaborations Workshop, um, we started Uh, organizing it as a virtual event from the feasibility stage. So we were able to actually document all of those decisions that we made from feasibility to closing throughout um, Collaborations Workshop 2021. And this was a really great way to reflect on the event um, as well as share uh, what we did and how we did it and what we learned from it. Um, So for me, kind of the most... um, uh, useful sections are, you know, particularly the the timeline. It's basically a giant checklist of what needs to happen when. Um, so it's a really great way to kind of organize yourself, you know, in the year leading up to the event. Um, I find the feasibility stage extremely useful for just reminding ourselves, you know, what the ultimate goals and objectives of collaborations workshop are and making sure that, you know, we tailor the audience, you know, to our themes and and everything around it, you know, evolves around the, the themes of that year's event. Um, but it also helps us to align it with what the Institute is doing as well. And so having that all document, documented, even though it's, it, it is quite similar year on year, it really shows how we make those changes year on year as well and, and where we innovate. Um, and yeah, other, other things about um, 
the event organization guide that I personally find really useful, um, like I said, are all the templates and and also kind of, you know, drafting publicity schedules so I know um, what I need to get to the communications team when, um, as well as, you know, outlining the different event roles so that we can get those assigned in a reasonable amount of time and, and train people as necessary. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of, that's how I use the event organization guide and, and the sections that I find the most useful. And looking forward, so the next collaborations workshop is going to be hybrid, so that you have to pivot all over again. <laughs> um, yeah. Hopefully, you'll be documenting that for a future in practice section of the guide to help other people move to hybrid events. Absolutely, I think there will be a lot of um, a lot of challenges on the road to um, organizing this hybrid event, especially because collaborations workshop is so highly interactive. You know, it's not just setting up a stream of talks and maybe collecting questions via you know. Uh, Slido or a similar service, but it, we really need to be able to facilitate, you know, equitable um, interaction and participation from both in-person and online attendees. Um, so that's where a lot of the challenge will be. Um, that's where a lot of the cost will be. So we hope to be able to document this so that it's useful for, for our community to use going forward. The next Collaborations Workshop, so Collaborations Workshop 2023, is taking place um, as a hybrid event from Tuesday the 2nd of May to Thursday the 4th of May 2023. And our theme is quite um, a broad one, but one that we found to be um, quite important to our community. So um, it's sustainable career development for those in the research software community, looking after your software, your career, and yourself. And the theme encompasses kind of three main um, topics. So it includes encompasses technical development, such as, you know, software sustainability, um, how to decide what to learn next and where to go for that um, uh, improvement and, and development skills. The next is around career development. So this can include uh, career pathways related to research software. So we've got quite a large research software engineering um, community, um, things such as how to get credit for your work, mentorship and inclusive leadership to support teamwork. And then the final pillar is around personal development. So, you know, including sustaining your mental health, well-being and finding community. And um, the way this theme came around is that, you know, we solicited feedback from previous um, collaborations workshop participants as well as um, Software Sustainability Institute fellows and staff to find out kind of what topics are most important to them right now. And um, we got quite a lot of suggestions back, which was absolutely brilliant. And this allowed us to try and incorporate as many of those as possible um, to really focus on what's important to the community. So um, we believe the, well, the in-person element will be taking place um, in Manchester, um, where I'm based, just to help with the ease of organization for our first hybrid event. And then, of course, we are um, incorporating that hybrid and remote element. Um, so, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. How can people contribute to the events organization guide? So it's on GitHub. It's uh, openly licensed and we have a contributing guide. Um, so one of the even if you find a, a bug or an issue in the templates or in the text, you can raise an issue and say, you know, I don't. Uh, I, I don't think this is consistent, for example. Um, the next level up would be to um, use the guide in practice and um, put in an in-practice um, section. You don't have to use the, the infrastructure, the, the restructured text and Sphinx and everything. We're happy to take a, a, you know, a Google Doc in an issue ticket and we will credit you um, appropriately. 
and don't be afraid if you've only used a bit of it any use of it extensive use of it um small use of it even critique of it as a whole is, is very useful for us to hear because we want to keep it alive and, and, and as a living document one of the things that's really important for us at SSI at Self Sustainability Institute and in the guide is to give credit for people for the work that they've done. So you'll see that the, there's an author's list um, uh, for the for the guide itself. And you can also see that we uh, have highlighted other contributors. For example, people who've contributed ideas, people who've helped with typos and with that sort of help. Um, so we try to make sure that we, we give people uh, credit because that, that's really important it's part of the culture that the institute tries to adhere to you'll also notice that if you look through the guide it links out to um, templates uh, and those templates majority of them we've put them on Zenodo there's some on Figshare as well where we've highlighted people who are uh, authors you might see some people who are authors on there that are authors on the guide because those templates themselves have been contributed to by different people so we'll, we, we credit them and also in the, the in practice section will be authored by particular uh, individuals and they get then added to the author's list um, if you're uh, even if you contribute uh, contributing an in practice section because we see see it as a holistic whole because the guide is the the guide itself plus the, its use uh, as one unit i want to come on to an important point about the event organization guide in terms of scope there are there are guides out there on creating uh, events um, and when we put the event organization guide together we were in danger of saying of thinking of becoming a, a kind of a bucket for all of these other guides oh they've got something on um, inclusivity they've got something on uh, agendas they have something on this there's uh, you know it you know you'd have to satisfy everybody to put everything in and then ultimately you'd end up with something which wasn't useful and a bit unwieldy so we've scoped um, the guide to be experiential well what does that mean apart from that that means that it's based on experience that we actually did this or we're actually about to do this so it's um that's what's in there um so if you do want to make uh, changes to the actual guide then and suggest changes to the actual guide just remember that if it's if you're making a suggestion and it's based on some theoretical considerations of project management or community management, then we're less likely to incorporate that than if you said, well, I tried this and actually I found doing this was, was better for this reason, then we're more likely to actually, we'll, we'll, that's the sort of feedback that we look, feedback that we're looking to, to, for, to action. And I'll use an in-house example currently, um, the things that we're doing at ideas and feasibility stage are slightly different than uh, that are in the guide and so we'll be updating that to reflect actually how uh, how it's changed for us just the kind of the vision moving forward for event organization guide is for it to incorporate different sizes of events from micro events to collaboration workshop size events micro events 20 people say for a couple of hours mid-size events you know a day or two 80 people and then much larger events you know three three four hundred people plus um and so we do hope to incorporate more of the learnings from the larger events and the micro events into the core guide itself so if you have experience of running the larger events 
uh, or even the mid-sized events, we know we'd, we'd welcome feedback. We're hoping to target the RSE conference um, for getting input on, on considerations for a larger event. For example, there's much more focus on committees and uh, uh, in, in a larger event there, than there is in a more medium-sized or, or micro event. Well, thank you, Shoaib. Thank you, Rachel, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. If you would like to contribute to or read the event organisation guide, you can find the links to it in the description for this podcast. Please do come along to our research software camp focusing on mental health from the 7th to the 18th of November. And Keep an eye on our website for information on registration for Collaborations Workshop 2023. Thank you for listening.